Aloha and welcome in. It is game week. That is right, we are less than seven days until Baylor football. I can't tell you how excited I am to get this season kicked off. And I also couldn't tell you why I started the episode with Aloha and welcome. I mean, the, the only thing that comes to mind is uh, that office episode where they're merging offices and Andy says, hey, I'm going to be the number two guy in this office in, in a short time. And he says, I'm going to do it with name repetition and uh, personality mirroring. And so when he meets Michael Scott, you know, Michael says, aloha and welcome. So of course, Andy repeats, aloha and welcome. So that's how we're kicking off the episode. And that's how we're kicking off game week. Please bear with me. Welcome in to Please Bear With Me, and we are starting out hot out of the gates. Gary Bohannon is named QB1 for your Baylor Bears, and not a shocker to most people. I think most people were leaning towards Bohannon, uh, especially in all the media, uh, Baylor media that I follow. Most people had switched their tune to Bohannon after that spring game, and from what we've heard, it came down to the last two scrimmages. Um, you know, Bohannon was not named until this past scrimmage that we just had. So, you know, came down to the wire there. We heard that all three guys were still in the mix, um, but, you know, apparently still game, came down to the wire there. And I want to give huge, huge props to Gary Bohannon, okay? That, that's where I want to start my little soliloquy here. Tons of Baylor fans thought he was out the door last season. You know, I didn't put my foot firmly in the camp that he would be leaving or he would be staying, but I can tell you I would not have been shocked one bit at all if Gary had transferred. I would not have been shocked one bit at all. You know, a rural recruit stays here for Aranda after that year we had last year. Um, you know, Zeno was the number two guy all of last year. So, man, I got to give props to Bohannon. You could really tell he made a physical transformation over the spring and over the summer. That was the first thing that, that, that I noticed. And his confidence level, it seems to be the highest of all of those quarterbacks we got. And, and you got to love a quarterback with confidence and you need a quarterback with confidence. So just very impressed with Bohannon's work ethic. Um, this man, this is a guy who bet on himself. He bet on himself and he won the job. And now he's got a really, really great opportunity to lead this Baylor offense, not only this year, but next year as well. And so we talked about how Grimes, he wants the reliable and violent offense. He wants to play mistake-free football. So why did Gary win the job? I've been mentioning his playmaking ability as a big reason why I think he would end up winning the job, but I think maybe a bigger piece to this is he's the best at taking care of the ball. So that is kind of the second biggest reason I'm thinking he won that job. And uh, even Aranda has said, you know, why, why did we choose? Why did we go with Bohan? And he says there was a gut feeling part to it. They also used some analytics 
Uh, he mentioned that you know when Gary walks through uh, th- walks through the team, they see what he does, and they see you know that's us, that's Baylor. And so Aranda, he's been getting a lot more and more of that feeling. He even meant like Bohannon's been up there before Coach Aranda. So Coach Aranda is coming into work, and he's seeing Gary there in the morning working. He notices that Aranda even was wondering if Bohannon was sleeping up at the facility at one point. So all positive things we're hearing from Bohannon there. And I've also mentioned that he may, uh, just because he starts week one, it may not be the starter in week eight. Um, so what does he have to do to keep his job? Um I, we love the playmaking, okay? We love the playmaking, but there's two things that are going to get him benched. We already talked about taking care of the ball. If he's turnover prone in the first couple of games, we, we may see another quarterback get a chance. So he's got to take care of the ball. But I think the second big thing there is the deep ball accuracy. We had, I mean, we had no explosive plays last year, um, passing wise, pretty much none, none that come to mind. Um, and this offense, it is designed to take those deep shots off of play action. We don't get a lot of opportunities for explosive plays, okay? So when we do get that opportunity, we have got to take advantage of it. So I think deep ball accuracy is is probably something that played into that as well. And then fr- straight from Bohannon, I'll kind of touch on here to, to end here. He says, I've been here for three years and I learned a lot from Charlie. I think the confidence is going to build just knowing what you're doing. He also says the Grimes emphasis on the wide zone and play action is something he's never seen before. Um, but Bohannon, he's worked on reading coverages. He's worked on understanding the offense and also throwing on the run. Uh, we're, we're, we're three things he mentioned, but you know, obviously he's been <laughs> working on everything else. Okay. So I originally had this episode uh, ready to release to you guys um, this Tuesday morning, but upon completion, of my recording yesterday and getting everything together, I had seen that, of course, we released a depth chart uh, for this weekend's game against Texas State. Not too many crazy things to cover here, but I do want to cover two things, uh, defensive and offensive line. Uh, first, with the defensive line, we saw that Utley and Maxwell are going to be starting at defensive end, but don't read too much into that. I don't think it's a huge deal who is listed as the starter at the defensive end. We're going to be five or six guys deep on the defensive line, and we're just going to cycle guys through. It may be kind of like the running backs group where if we have a defensive end that's having a hot game or playing extremely well, that may be the defensive end that sees the most snaps, and that may change game by game. Now to that offensive line. This is where things get interesting. In my depth chart preview, I had Galvin at left tackle, Mazuka at left guard, Gall at center, Miller at right guard, and at right tackle, guys, I, I had no clue. I, I didn't put my foot in a camp there. I, I had no clue at right tackle. So let's go through what Baylor has listed as their starters. Left tackle, Galvin, that's obvious. At left guard, they've got Keith or Mazuka. At center, they've got Xavier Newman-Johnson or Gall. At right guard, they've got Miller or Valentine or Jeffrey. And then at right tackle, this is pretty interesting here, Keith is listed a second time as a starter at right tackle or Byers. So I want to start with that biggest surprise 
Khalil Keith. He is listed as a starter both at left guard and right tackle. Keith was a player that I did not mention a lot in the depth chart preview episode. But he has apparently come on strong in the spring. Now he's listed as a starter at two positions on that offensive line. That's exciting for me. That's, that's exciting for me. At center, it's Xavier Newman-Johnson or Gall. And Xavier Newman-Johnson is listed first. And at first, I was a little disappointed that Gall was not the clear starter. I was pretty sure that he was going to be starting at center without question. But I have heard Xavier Newman-Johnson, he has had a very, very good spring. So I think this is more Xavier good than it is Gall bad. So our depth is coming in. It looks like our depth is starting to work out. So if it does not work out at a guard position, though, if Keith, Mazuka, Miller, you know, whoever we put at the guard position, if it doesn't work out, we could see Xavier move to guard, which would make uh, way for Gall to start there at center. Moving to right guard, Miller listed first, which is who I thought it would be. That's who most people think is going to start at right guard. Valentine and Jeffrey are both listed as oars. So that's a, another good sign there that we've got three guys at right guard. I, I think it's a good sign for me, for, from my opinion, because it, it's finally telling me that we've got some good competition in that offensive line group. That's what we need. That's... that's <laughs> It's something we've sorely been missing. And so right tackle, like that, this is the biggest question mark here. Keith <laughs> listed as a right tackle here too, uh, or we've got Byers. And I want to mention Casey Phillips. Uh, he is no longer with the team. And I do not know why. I've been searching all day for an answer. Um, he's not even listed on the official roster on the Baylor website. So I don't know what happened with, with Phillips. But right now, it's Keith or Byers. And this is exciting because I think we're going to get a lot of movement in his first two to three games in that offensive line to find the right fit. Okay, so we may see these guys moved around a bit to see if we can find the best group. And like, so for example, maybe Keith ends up being our best right tackle. Okay, but maybe we don't think Mazuka is quite ready to start there at left guard. So we might shift Xavier to left guard, which then moves Gall starting at center. And my focus is going to be on that center position because I think Newman Johnson and Gall are, are apparently, Newman Johnson now is one of our better offensive linemen, and I think Gall is as well. He was one of the highest graded offensive linemen last year um, at Buffalo, and he played guard at Buffalo. So it's going to be interesting to me to see who starts at center because I think whoever does not start at center might end up starting at a guard position. And guys, this is just going to come down to finding that right mixture. It's going to be crucial over these first three games to cycle guys in and out at different uh, positions, different rotations. Let's find the group that works best for us so that when Iowa State comes to Waco, we're ready. So that's kind of the big news with Baylor football there. Not too much to brush you guys up on other than Bohannon. He's named QB1. Um, so let's move on to this Texas State scout now.
I am not going to go too much in depth on this Texas State team as I normally would when I go through the scout, um, just because, guys, I think we, we should take care of this team. Um, so I don't want to go too much in depth and be too long-winded with who their players are and um, who's going to be out on the field for them. So I'll just start with overall, they were 2-10 and 10 last year, 2-6 and six in conference. They tied second to last in their conference. They did have a little bit of a tough schedule. They played SMU, UTSA, BYU, Louisiana, and Coastal Carolina. All were losses, and I believe all five of those teams were ranked at some point. So yeah, two and ten is not great, but they also played a pretty good schedule. Uh, they did have wins over Arkansas State and ULM. Those were their, their two wins. Offensively, overall, eighth in the Sun Belt last year in total offense, sixth in scoring, averaged about 27.7 points per game. Uh, that's four more points than we averaged per game. Um, so yes, while they were in the back half of the conference in offense, they still, still uh, scored more points than us. Um, they lost some receivers, but other than that, they're going to return lots of production, especially on that offensive side of the ball. Some outside zone like us, some RPO. Also saw some wildcat formation last year. Not a ton of drop back pass, um, but if they do, they're, they're going to want to get it out of their quarterback's hands quickly. And I'll touch very briefly on the quarterback, most likely going to be Brady McBride, number two. He was their best option last year, over 1,900 passing yards, 17 TDs, seven interceptions. He's got decent mobility. Um, he can hurt you with your leg, with his legs at times. His accuracy is okay. Um, I've seen him force a throw also every now and then. And uh, look, we can definitely create some turnovers on McBride or either of these two guys that that might start. And those other two guys, you know, Tyler Vitt, Ty Evans, no idea who's going to start guys, but we, we should be able to take take care of whoever that is. Looking at the running backs last year, mainly led by two guys, Brock Sturges and Calvin Hill. Brock Sturges, uh, 532 yards and five TDs. Calvin Hill, 536 yards and five TDs. Um, basically on the same number, number of attempts. Hill is the smaller and speedy back. Um, but guys, these guys are going to um, split carries there. At wide receiver, lost their second and third leading receivers from last year. But they will have Marcel Barbie, 6'2", 192, good size. 584 yards last year and 10 touchdowns. And then to touch on the offensive line briefly, six in the conference in rushing yards, gave up a little over two sacks and 7.4 tackles per loss for loss per game. Uh, they do have four starters returning to that offensive line. They should be a little bit better than they were last year. Okay, defense overall, they run a 3-3-5. They'll have five DBs on the field. Uh, second to last in the conference in scoring defense. They gave up 38 points per game. And last in the conference in total defense, gave up almost 500 yards per game. At defensive line, they are going to return all three starters. Nico Isidore, their best D lineman, uh, third in tackles on the team which is pretty impressive being at the defensive tackle position, and he led the team with three and a half sacks. At linebacker, they lost outside linebacker Hal Vincent to the transfer portal, but Sione Tupoa is their best returning linebacker. He had 64 tackles and was fourth on the team last year. Switching to their defensive backs, both starters are returning at cornerback Jaron Morris and Cordell 
Rodgers. Uh, Morris is probably their best player in the secondary and probably their best player on defense. He was second team all Sunbelt. He led the team in tackles with 69. He led the team with 11 passes defended. He led the team with four interceptions. So uh, Jaron Morris, probably their best defender at safety. They lost their second leading tackler, Brendan Looper. Uh, but they've got two or three guys that they're going to cycle in. Jordan Mask returns to the nickelback position. That's kind of where Jalen Petrie would play in our in our defense. And then Kevin Anderson, Zion Childress will play safety. Childress is a new starter this year, but he got significant time last year. So they are returning some some good production there in the defensive backfield. Okay, I know that was a pretty quick and dirty uh, scout of Texas State, but like I said, I was going to get through that a little bit quicker um, just because, uh, no disrespect, but we should take care of, of Texas State. So impact players on offense, I just want to highlight Marcel Barbie, uh, number 18, leading receiver last year, only 40 catches, guys, but, but 10 of them were touchdowns. So 25% of his catches were touchdowns. He's got good size and good length. Um, at 6-2. Look, if we're unable to create pressure there on the quarterback, Barbie's going to have a chance to uh, take advantage of us on the outside. Notice how I said he will have an opportunity to. We have some of the best cornerbacks in the Big 12. So even without that pressure on the quarterback, man, I, I, th I still think we lock down Barbie uh, with Tejada, with Barnes, uh, with Milton. And then two guys on the defense I want to highlight again. Nico Ezadore. He led the team with three and a half sacks, third leading tackler. Um, given our offensive line struggles, guys, this is why he is an impact player for me. I think he's going to be a nice little challenge to uh, start our offensive line out with uh, to start this season. And then I already talked about him a lot at cornerback, Jaron Morris. He led him in tackles, passes defended, and interceptions. Probably their best uh, defensive player. He leads their best defensive group, which is the secondary. Um, he's a good player. Um, but that being said, you know, our, our receivers, we, we should be fine. We should be able to get open. Now that we're getting into these weekly episodes, I am very excited to introduce one of my favorite segments. It's got a super, super original name. It's called the bear necessities. And guys, basically what this is, I'm going to come in, give you guys two or three big bullet points of what I think Baylor needs to do to win. It's as simple as that. Once again, call the bear necessities. I know where did I come up with it? But here we are the first bear necessities of the year. And now the bear necessities. Okay, so I don't have anything extremely specific because I think we should beat Texas State. So this is just kind of what I want to see from the Bears this weekend. First, it's offensive line reps. We have all beat this like a dead horse last season and leading into this season, the offensive line was the worst part of our team and we have a long way to go. But switching to the zone blocking scheme should help us out. 
Adding in the new offensive coordinator and new offensive line coach and Grimes and Mateos is exactly what this unit needs. Man blocking a little bit easier post snap, but zone blocking has much more analytics post snap. So we need to see as many live reps as we can. That Texas State defensive line, while not super impressive last year, they do return all three starters. They add a transfer from Texas Tech. So I, I am looking forward to this nice first little challenge in week one for Baylor. Secondly, I want to see confident play from our quarterback. That was one thing that I was missing with Zeno in the spring game. He just looked like he lacked confidence. And so when Bohannon goes in there, I want him to be confident. I want him to know where he's going with the ball. I want him to see the throw and make it. Play with some confidence. Command this offense. Find some comfortability behind that offensive line. Get this team used to being behind you, Gary. Get your feet under you and get ready to lead this Baylor team with some confidence. I don't want to play quarterback com by committee half the season. I don't want to put Zeno or Shapin in at game five because Bohannon is struggling. No, if we, I, I want to see us stick with Bohannon because that means that something has gone right if we stick with Bohannon the whole year. Lastly, guys, just play, play with passion. And I have no doubt that, that that's going to happen. You know, I, I thought there were times last year when I saw us not play with passion. And I know that that was a crazy year, but there's no excuses this year. We have got to play with passion and intensity for 60 minutes. Game prediction. Yes, what is your game prediction? I will tell you right now. Here we go. Defensively, guys, we should have no problem stopping the Bobcat offense. Bobcat offensive line, not great last year. Um, they do return four or five starters, but still not great. With the addition of Apu at the nose tackle position, and we're finally healthy at all the other defensive line positions, I expect to see us get into that Texas State backfield quite often. I also think that we will create a lot of pressure on the quarterback whoever that is going to end up being. But I think we're going to be able to really make that quarterback uncomfortable. It might be a good day to take three. And what do I mean by take three? That's our defensive mantra. We want to get three turnovers every game. Okay, offensively, I would not be shocked to see a struggle in that first half, just getting used to this new offense. But by that second half, we should be able to wear them down and let our depth and our physicality take over. I have absolutely no idea what we're going to get offensively, but this Texas State defense, it was one of the worst in the conference, okay? So I really don't expect them to make a huge jump this year. And I know Bohannon has been named the starter, but I don't think it's going to matter who we would have played at quarterback this first game because I want to see us ground and pound, baby. I want to see us handing the ball off to Ebner Smith and squirrel all a game. Okay, I don't want Bohannon to have to throw more than 15 passes. I really don't. We averaged less than 100 yards per game last year on the ground. The Bobcat defense 
they gave up about 224 yards per game on the ground. Okay, we should easily eclipse the 200 yards rushing. We got to get used to the zone blocking scheme. We've got to start building our offensive identity. I think we start to see the full picture of this game. So game prediction, the spread is plus 13 and a half points for Baylor, which is unbelievably low. If you are a betting person, bet the house on Baylor plus 13 and a half. I think we're going to win somewhere in the, man, low 40s to like 10. So like 42 to 10, 45 to 10, something like that. I think we're going to have a very, very strong offensive and defensive second half performance. Congratulations. You made it. The long wait is over. We are finally able to start putting last season behind us this Saturday as your Baylor Bears travel to San Marcos, Texas to take on the Texas State Bobcats. Man, I'm pumped. Man, I'm excited. Man, I can't wait. What's the offensive line going to do? What's QB1 going to do? Is Tyquan Thornton going to have a long touchdown catch? Is Abram Smith going to break one? Is Coral Williams going to be healthy? Is Jalen Petrie going to get seven sacks? Is Terrell Bernard going to get seven sacks? Is Apu Aika going to get seven million fumbles? I don't know. But I can tell you, I'm ready for some Baylor football. Sick of Bears. The Please Bear With Me podcast was created by Scotty Swingler, is hosted and produced by Travis Corley in affiliation with 247 Sports and Bears Illustrated.